Hello and welcome to the Press Room Podcast with me, Sam Duffy. And me, Sam Fielding. The Press Room Podcast is a podcast series bringing you an exclusive insight into the sporting industry by speaking to managers, coaches, players and members of the media to discuss their journey in sport. Yes, on today's podcast, we're speaking to this man. He does. He scored on international debut. Harry Sutar. Remember the name. Yes, it's Stoke City and Australia defender Harry Souter, a young man who has come a long way in the last few years from Dundee United Academy in Scotland to cementing his place in the Stoke City first team. And of course, his newly found recognition on the international stage for the Socceroos. We'll chat to him about that, as well as his career so far, and answering some of your questions that you've sent in. So please welcome to the Press Room Podcast, it's Harry Souter. Good evening, Harry. How are you, my mate? Good evening, guys. Long time no see. Yeah. How are you getting good on? Good to see you. Oh, good, mate. Oh, good. Finally playing. So, yeah, I've seen, uh, obviously sweet. had a game last night. We're, we're recording this just after the Rotherham game. It seemed a bit of a, a crazy one, really, didn't it? Three each. Yeah, it was It was one for the neutrals anyway. It wasn't one for uh, centre-half to be playing in, conceding three goals. But our um, clean sheet record's now have been good away from home this year, so... Hopefully we can get back to that next there time. Must been, there must have been three really good goals for you to get past you, definitely, for them, Robert. <laughs> uh, if you go on YouTube and look at them, yeah, that's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're enjoying it this year, aren't you? You're having a good run in the team and uh, things are going well. Yeah, loving it because I think the it was always the aim, obviously, to after Fleetwood was to go back to Stoke and, and try and push the first team. Obviously, I knew it was going to be hard this season because the minute set at halves and they had and the, how big the squad was and stuff so yeah but luckily the, the gaffer gave me my, my chance and I've just tried to do as, as best I can and he's, he's, he's kind of kept me in and there's been a few other young lads that have, have kept their places as well Seeing that when I texted you this morning that you had a flat tyre on the way to training that must have been horrible yeah. this morning <laughs> yeah the gaffer didn't believe me this morning either so I'm glad you brought it up there <laughs> yeah I can confirm it definitely did happen it did happen yeah no, that's photo evidence. That is photo evidence. <laughs> I guess you've had what what is the worst excuse that you know, whether it's you or a player that's had when they've turned up late to training or a meeting. I bet you've heard some absolute howlers in the past, haven't you? I've I actually had one at Fleetwood. Um <laughs> I think it was the I think it was one of my first weeks. I said that my my missus was sick, so because I slept in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was my. Hey, reason. you were only living about ten minutes away. I don't know where you lived. I know, I know, but it was comfy beds in that break, so oh. I slept in. I didn't actually realise. I think it was in for half nine. I think I woke up like twenty seven past. Still got in for. for what was time, your first thought when you woke up at that time? I didn't think I was late. That's the thing. I woke up and I looked at my looked at my phone and then I had to check it again and then I, I realised I was like oh no but like there was lads loving me at the time as well and they didn't even check on me like Baz McKay Gibbo none of them checked to see where I was not even a text so poor from them <laughs> obviously you're kind of young in your footballing career shall we say we'll go back to your, your early careers if if you don't mind obviously played you football at, at Brecon City's boys club and uh, links with Celtic and ultimately chose Dundee United to go to. What what was the reason behind that decision and, and not going to Celtic? 
Uh, I think that I got let go from Celtic. It was probably under 13 and under 14. So um, I was with Dungeon United for a good, probably three, three seasons before I went full time. So, um, and obviously my brother was there as well. Um, you know, I knew a lot of the coaches and stuff um, through my brother and through watching him on on a Sunday and stuff. So it was kind of it's kind of an easy decision as well. Um, obviously, it was a little bit closer to home and made the travelling a lot less, um, a lot less uh, shorter as well. So it was pretty pretty an easy decision to make really. Um, and I, I love my time at, at United. We um, all the youth team stayed together and won big digs like it. Like at Fleetwood does as well, um, just exactly the same. And you know there was always a laugh, and it was kind of just always something going on. Um, some of the some of the stuff like when I when I went up to when I was fourteen or fifteen, the first time I stayed in the digs, you know, some of the older lads, the eighteen, nineteen year olds, some of the initiations in that were <laughs> horrendous. Like you couldn't even mention them on camera. Um, or anything like that, that's for sure. <laughs> well, a bit more extreme than just singing. Oh, yeah. Uh, a little bit more extreme than just singing. Um, <laughs> Come on, you got to tell us. You can't no, that. No, I honestly, I honestly can't tell you. That's the thing. Uh, there, was some, there was some ones, like, just... You get your singing that in front of the squad, but when you when you get back to the digs and there's 20 lads and say there's two new lads, <laughs> there's... Yeah, no, I can't see what happened because it was. Um... It sounds like some people are going to get in trouble with this. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> what I'm trying not to name drop, not to name drop. Um, but I'm. Uh, they were all on my brother's stag the other year, so yeah, that was good. What's the what's your go to initiation song then? What's your? I think choice? I've done. I think I've done four now, and they've all been um, Paul Latini. Yeah. Uh, Jenny, Jenny, don't be hasty. That's my go-to one. Good Quick, song. and you get a clap going with it. I never. I don't know how that one it. goes. How does that one go? Neither do I. Forgotten it. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every, everyone kind of knows it, and then everyone claps along, and it's over in about thirty seconds. So uh, always gets a good reaction wherever I've been. Actually, I did. Uh, I did actually dance in the moonlight to my my second one at Fleetwood. Were any use there? When we played, was it Peterborough last season, first game of the season? No, I don't think we travelled on the day, I think, didn't we? I don't think we came, yeah, we don't think we came down on the Friday for that. Yeah, Conor McElhinney said it was the best initiation song he's ever listened to. Why did he change it up? Because I'd done Jenny Don't Be Hasty last time, and I didn't Ah, think I'd have to do another another song, but we basically got booed into doing another song. (laughs) So, I did it. I remember when Coyley... Coyle obviously was with us. Louis Coyle was was at Fleetwood, and and I think he ended up doing about four initiation songs. Every time he kept going back on loan, he kept doing a new one. And there was he the refused. argument there: why do you have to yeah. keep doing it and keep doing it? Here, that's that was the argument that I was having. I said, if Coyle hasn't got to do it, I don't have to do it. But he'd been there about four or five loans, so it was only my second, so I gave in. <laughs> obviously, you spoke that, that a bit before about obviously playing alongside. Your brother, what what was that like at, at Dundee? A bit of competition between you two, who might make the the first team first, or was it just good to have someone you knew in and around? To be fair, when he kind of broke into the first team, he made his debut when he was sixteen, um, and I was still I was still in school, so I was still in, in third year in school, um, 
And when I came up full time and I was 15, he was he was in the first team changing room and, and playing for the first team week in, week out. So I never really was in a changing room with him at all. Um, I'd see him around the building and stuff because it was quite a small building. Um, St Andrews and the youth team and the first team were kind of right next to each other. So I'd see him every day. But in terms of um, playing and playing, he was always up with the first team. It was kind of, it kind of made life a little bit easier on me because I know a lot of the first team boys were hard on the hard on the youth lads, but because uh, because he was up there, I kind of got away with a lot a lot more. <laughs> Does that work in your favour if you know your brothers in the team or, or do players kind of look at you a little bit differently? When you said something there, it kind of triggered a question saying, do you get a bit of kind of, what's the right word here, special favours, do you think, or were you treated uh, like everyone else? I'll probably say I got um, treated like everyone else, but then... If you ask some uh, some of my pals in the team, they'd probably say no. <laughs> um, but no, it was it was good. It was a good um, like the whole the whole youth team there, and yeah, we were we were really really close. Um, still speak to a lot of the boys now. Um, still got a group chat and stuff. Um, and like the first team at that time were were flying as well. They were in Scottish Cup finals and semi finals and. Um, you know, always challenging for third, fourth place in the league for you know for for a Europa League place. Um, so we knew that they were they were a really really good side. Um, and we just used to go on a train every day, just like buzzing to train with each other. Um, coming back, playing the playing the Xbox, playing the PS4, each other a bit of table tennis. Um, like so that two years I was there in the digs was yeah, I just absolutely loved it living the dream as a footballer, playing FIFA and yeah. God knows what other games. But yeah. <laughs> at a young age, obviously, weren't at Dundee for a while. It was Stoke was on the horizon. Took a kind of a, a year, a month for it to, to go through. But but what was it like for you to, to deal with that situation? Young player, a team like Stoke coming in for, for you. How did you deal with that personally? Well, I think uh, when I moved in the summer, the previous January, I knew they were... I knew they were interested. I think they wanted me to come down and train, um, but for some reason, I don't think it it was allowed because I'm not too sure why. Um, but I'd only made my I'd only made two two appearances that season, um, and it was the last last two games for for the first team. So that was my debut, and then, then obviously you go away for the summer break and come back. Um, obviously, we had a new manager, Ray McKinnon, um, new coaching staff. And obviously the the championship after you know the club got relegated and stuff. So I was kind of thinking I could probably more realistic to get a little bit more game time in the championship as a young centre half than I would in the in the top league. Um, and I knew that they they were they came in again. I think they they rejected a couple of bids and stuff. And to be fair, the the manager was was great with me. Um, you know, gave me his opinion on it. And obviously, I spoke to some of the older lads that. Went down to England before in their in their careers and stuff, and and said, "Listen, what you know, if you get the opportunity to go down, go down." Um, so you know, I spoke to obviously my my family and stuff, and it was kind of just a, a simple decision really to to go down and um, you know and, and try and make a career down here. I guess you would never have met me and Duffy, would you, if that didn't happen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> never knew how bad Duffy was at <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, it, it must seem like a lifetime ago now, um, but you did make your debut. I think it was about three and a half years ago now against Rochdale. Do you have many memories of that game? 
does actually seem like um, a long time ago. I was on the bench, um, and all I really remember of the game was Josh Timon, who, good pal of mine now, another youngster, kind of breaking through in the team. It was his debut as well. Um, and he chipped the goal. It must have been from like 30 yards on the angle, and it hit the bar. And that was just like, one unbelievable effort that was. That's all I can really, really remember about the game. Because um, when, when I came on, we were 3-0 up. You know, we had the ball. They were kind of sitting back. There was it was just like a, a training game almost. Like they they weren't playing with any really strikers. They were just in the possession. Um, so I didn't really remember it. Um, obviously, I was buzzing to get on and stuff because I was still still young, still seventeen. And obviously, it's what I wanted to do was was to make my debut. But I knew I knew then I was so far off making making the first team at Stoke at that time. You know, they were still in the Premier League, like the players they had. Um, and like my position um, I knew I was so like there was no chance of me playing um, I had to go on loan I knew I was going to have to go on loan and play you know for a couple of seasons before I could even attempt to come back and try and try and play for Stoke Obviously you went away and did that um, various different loan spells obviously we came came across you at Fleetwood for a couple of seasons Um and I know that the Fleetwood move probably stands out more than anything, really, in terms of the amount of games you've played, exposure, the things that have happened for you when you were there. Um, I, I remember, I remember when you turned up at Fleetwood for the first time, actually, on that uh, in, in the January. And what was your first thoughts? Be honest, what was your first thoughts? I remember, remember walking. I think I walked downstairs at the training ground, and I thought, was why that snow that day? Was what? Was it not snowing that day? Because I remember my first day of training was cancelled because it was snowing. No, because you came on an evening, didn't you, I think? You came on an evening. Oh, it was Wednesday, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember looking in the bar and, and thinking, why is there a giraffe stood at the other end of the bar? Who's this, who is this guy that we've picked? Where on earth have we found this guy from? That's original. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you have a quick... And then I think because we'd, we'd had... Um, I think if we would have had Kian Bolger, I think, who was playing at the time, who'd left. Yeah, yeah. There'd been a, a high number of centre-halves. Nathan Pond had left and um, Ash Easton was still there, obviously, that you would have played alongside Ash. Yeah, and okay. um, I think everyone was kind of like the, the club needed a bit of a boost at the time because I don't think we signed anyone else that January. And everyone was like, "Oh, brilliant!" Everyone was like, "Oh, who's this, this guy?" You know? <laughs> Instant, instantly, though, the thing that catches your eye, obviously, and I know you've probably had this all your life, is uh, wow! Look how tall he is! Look how big he is! He must be unbelievable in the air. What you're going to um, say? Good looking, is that? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Uh, but I, I remember the first couple of games that you played and you made a great impact uh, that must have been really important for you to I, I think probably something like two out of the first three or four games you got man of the match and uh, made a real impact and and even though it was at Fleetwood and obviously you know the, probably two and a half three thousand crowd the, the, the fans took to you straight away didn't they and I think that was you know it seemed like it was really important for you yeah because my first loan when I went to when I went to Ross County and I got a fan call and coil, obviously, for, for taking me up and giving me the opportunity to play there. Because that was really my first taste in men's football. My first, my debut there, I scored an own goal. And I just felt like from straight from the off, it was just like, you know, and you just get that feeling. Yeah, great finish, actually. <laughs> um, but just like, oh, great start. So, like, coming into, you know, Fleetwood, especially my debut against Charlton, who obviously a big club it was um, I was just so buzzing to get off and 
off on a you know a good start. Obviously, beating. Did you feel ready for that? Did you feel ready to play in League One? Didn't really have a, a choice, really, because I didn't really know what the standard was going to be like because I hadn't played professional football in England. I'd only played for United twice, and then when I went on loan to Ross County, it was back up north as well. So I didn't really have a have an idea. Um, and then obviously we only trained when I came on. You know, the first time I only had one training session on the Friday. And you know what Fridays are like, they don't really do much, just maybe a bit of shape, five sides. Yeah. And then I was just kind of thrown in and it was probably the best thing to best thing to happen to me, really, because I managed to keep my place in, until until obviously I nearly broke my toe and got sent off. So Yeah, it was a bit of a mad end to the season. I remember the Barnes game, obviously, and the um and I think you missed the Blackpool game as well. But I remember the, uh, one of the things that stands out for me was, and I'm sure it does for you, probably one of the We've had a few questions in from some of the fans, actually, some of your fans who've said, um, you know, highlights of when you were at Fleetwood and stuff like that. I imagine it was probably the Accrington game. I remember that one away where you scored the winning goal. That was that was quite a yeah. good day for you, wasn't it? Yeah, 100%. Because I, ju- I just came back from, you know, the Australia under 23s. I think yeah. I landed on, like, Thursday morning. And, like, all, obviously, the gaffer and stuff, I was like, how are you feeling that? And I was absolutely shattered, like, so tired. I couldn't really keep my eyes open during training and stuff, but obviously I was like, no, nah, I'm great, I'm good to go and stuff. Um, and then, like, going into that game, I just felt terrible, like, absolutely terrible, so tired, like, didn't really get any sleep the night before. And then maybe got to sleep about 5 a.m., waking up at half nine to get the bus um, from the hotel in Preston, um, going to the game, like, Jesus. And then, obviously, to the pitch wasn't great either. Um I thought we played okay on the day and obviously that was during my first season that was probably the, the highlight was was to get that goal um, and fought the away because I think it was the most we took since I was I was being there that season um, away fans kind of had that little like derby to it a little mini derby so um, no, I was buzzing with a goal and you know, to see the lads celebrate and stuff as well but the only thing I didn't really get to go in the dressing room after because I had to do a drugs test so I actually remember waiting for you, like, come on, we need to do an interview. He goes, oh, I've got to do a drug test here. It was, one of, it was freezing as well, I remember. Oh. Remember rightly. Um, you, you talked about there about the goal and, and being in front of the fans. I, I, I guess the fans were, were, were just great to you, weren't they? they? They welcomed you with open arms and you became a bit of a, a fan favourite at Highbury, didn't you? Nah, they were superb, to be fair. They were superb. Um, you know, right from right from the first, obviously, the Charlton game and then, the, and then I think we played, was it Bradford away? Um, you know, ever since then, two games, you know, they were brilliant to me. And you know, people will say that Fleetwood don't really get a lot of a lot of home fans and that, but it's still noisy. You know, they make they do make a lot of noise. Um, it's a lot noisier than than most League One grounds. Um, even though that's maybe a quarter of the capacity, they do make a lot of noise and uh, get behind their team. So, no, like I said, I just got to say thanks to them for you know for taking me. And um, having a wee song about me as well. What What is that song? I always used to have a joke with Sam. I couldn't know the words. I used to make words up and he goes, you're singing it wrong. And I thought he what? was singing it wrong. What were the words to that champ? I can't remember you f- Yeah, you can. <laughs> you tweeted either it. One of, either one of you. No, you tweeted it and got it wrong. All the fans originated. Yeah, well, I think it was something about your head being massive. Uh, yeah, I think it was. I actually didn't know until I seen a video of it. I thought it was 
Wasn't your mum at the Rochdale game? I remember it being at Rochdale. That was a myth. I don't think she was at that game, but someone made that. Someone it was a vicious rumour. It was a vicious rumour that. Um, <laughs> no, I, I thought it was he drinks the Fosters. He drinks the... What was the other one? I know it was Buckfast now, but I, I thought it was another another drink and then he's obviously his head's fucking massive, <laughs> which is true to be fair, so... Yeah. We had a, we had a question in actually if you drink Foster's or not I don't know surely when when you're allowed to let your hair down you must drink a bit more of a premium I, I tell you I tell you the truth now I've had one can of Foster's in my life one was that part of the initiation when you went to Australia that like you got a world from the end <laughs> on the hat as well no, yeah the, absolutely not <laughs> the gaffer gives you a koala and a pint of Foster's and says hey, no there's a reason why I've only drank one because it's absolutely terrible yeah we've 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 got uh, Clint. Uh, Clint Hill on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I, I remember watching him uh, do some one-to-one stuff with you at the training ground and stuff. I, I imagine for you as a young player going to going to Fleetwood and him being part of the staff, that must have been great to have a look at the career that he had, and, and I'm sure he helped you loads. And yeah, I've um, I've watched. It feels weird going on Helly, but I've watched Helly like all my life. Eh? Um, when he was playing the champ, playing the prem on match of the day, even you know when he came to Rangers as well. Mm. So. Um, he was like I can't actually thank him enough for 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 the way he was with me and and what he done for me. Same with you could say the same about you know all the coaching staff and the gaffer, but especially hell, you know the things he taught me is there's a lot of centre half things I didn't I didn't necessarily know. You know when I was coming up against um you know big centre forwards um like the boy who's at Hull now who used to be at Gillingham in the first year I was there. Tommy, I mean, yeah, when I was up against. Players like him, you know, before probably you could see I got bullied, but um, hell, you know, showed me a few things and you know, just off the ball stuff like you know, the body positioning, you know, shoulders, little nudges, um, just stuff that I wouldn't really even begin to think as a centre half. Um, you know, he was always on me as well. Um, you know, he was harsh, but he was you know fair. You know, he'd be the first person to say something if I could have done something wrong or could have done something better but then he'd be the first person to praise me um, and I think he kind of got the best out best out of the young lads uh, especially obviously with Dunny that Jimmy Dan and Gibble um, you know all of us were kind of young lads playing there and I think we all did did reasonably well at our time at the club you, you talked there that about was, oh sorry sorry no I was down to him yeah, you talked there about the team being full of say younger players with the odd kind of experienced player in there. But the second season at Fleetwood, I think it was 43 games um, you played. And, and to get in the playoffs, again, I think if there was no COVID or no lockdown, I think you're probably in the definitely top three, pushing for the top two. Um, but what was that playoff campaign like? Obviously, you've got to wait so long. The news comes out that it's going to be points per game. But how, how did you deal with that, though, as a player heading into those playoff games? Because you're only... Two games went for Wembley and well, three from being promoted. I was hoping you didn't mention the playoffs because if anyone, <laughs> if anyone watched the games, they'd know why. The worst yeah. thing about the playoffs was not the performance; it was that awful trim you had. You know the oh, of, no. you know the amount of slagging I've got off of that haircut. It's, oh, oh! By the way, all deserved as well. Yeah, but see, look, <laughs> see, looking back, I just I don't know why you didn't say, just shave it off. I'm you know pretty I mean? sure I told look, you that that haircut is a disgrace. <laughs> Yeah, looking back, it was a terrible, terrible decision. But you got to go through them life choices, didn't you? 
Um, no, but for um, obviously we were on a great, great run of form. We brought in good, um, good talent in January. You know Barry Mackay, a uh, great guy. Um, still speak to him. You know, really close with him now. Um, he was the kind of player that you know we were missing. I think you know he could get the ball and just change the game. You know, the highlight of that being probably Wickham away in the league, mm-hmm. the one now when we were down to ten men. You know, defending for the whole game. And you're just looking for some guy to get on the ball and just you make that killer pass. And like it's an unbelievable ball he plays the pad. And obviously we, we get the victory one nil, but um you know, we were on a great run of four. I think we were on unbeaten. Twelve was it? Twelve Yeah, unbeaten in twelve or something. Um, you know, we were flying. Um and you know, there's a lot of talk about if we if there wasn't COVID, we could have got you know automatics at that, but the fact is there was. And you know we never got to finish the season. We finished where we finished, um, and obviously I don't know how long lockdown was. Yeah, a couple months and stuff. Mm-hmm. And obviously we got we got back a little bit early because we were in the playoffs. So you know my first thoughts was I wasn't actually thinking about the playoff games. It was just more just buzzing to be back in, see the lads. You know being a all right. It wasn't a, a proper change room. You weren't allowed to stay in, but just you know training is good, but. It's, you know, the laughs and that you have in the changing room and especially that changing room with some of the people we had in the in the in the team, there was always something going on. It was a brilliant group of players, you know, to be around. Um so that side of things as well. It was just great to <clears throat> great to see everyone again. And um yeah, just try and kick on. You talked there about it was a it was a <clears throat> special group, wasn't it, with what the the team that Joey, Clint, um and the whole team built there. It was kind of a shame in the way it ended isn't it because like I said you had that such a togetherness with the players staff as well it was something when you have that all those ingredients together you're hoping for success aren't you at that time and unfortunately just fell short of the final hurdle definitely I think that the summer I think you know we we looked at ourselves and we thought yeah we've got a squad that can really challenge here um, and then there was a there was a probably a period through December where we just drew so many games um, and we just couldn't pick up a win. And I think that the January, you know, when we brought players in like Gibbo and Cal and uh, Baz Mackay, Wheelow, you know, you've kind of got everything, really. Um, and then four players that you want in a, in a League One team. So, you know, we, we fought looking at when January finished, that the squad we've got, we can really go and push. And I think you've seen that with the, with the results that we had. Um, after January, obviously prior to the lockdown, um, yeah, no, it's just a, it's just a good, good, you know, place to be in and to be a part of. Um, especially you know when you won, you know, everyone was well, certainly I was anyway. Just couldn't wait to get into training on the Monday or the or the Tuesday. Depends if we got the Sunday Monday off. I've got a question here, and you might have seen it on Twitter already. Talking about players <clears throat> on a scale of one to ten. How much are you missing Kenzie, seeing boy. Alex Cairns? <laughs> oh, massively. What a guy. Kenzie, Kenzie is probably the nicest guy I've met in football. Um there's a lot of a lot of nice a lot of nice guys out there, but he's genuinely one of the nicest blokes I've ever met. Um would do anyone for anything do anything for anyone. Um just down to air, funny. Um and an underrated keeper as well, I think. Um, reactions up there, great shot stopper. Um, 
just a just a great guy. Yeah, no, I do miss him. Do miss Kenzie. We'll, we'll pass it on to him definitely, if, and I'm sure yeah, he'll, he'll be, be listening. listening. Um, I got a little text. It was his birthday the other day, actually. Got a few photos of him. Hi everyone. Remember to follow our Twitter page at Press Room Pod for latest updates, guest announcements, and to have your chance to put forward questions to our guests. Going away from the, the football pitch to to more of the off-field um, stuff of you, obviously living on the Falkirk coast for a few years, and um, the amount of snooker story suits that I, I heard. And one question that Ben's got in here, obviously you'll know Ben from Fleetwood Nappers. He says, mm. "How bad <clears throat> is Sam Duffy at snooker?" Uh, you know what? I actually, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> I'll answer it. I I'll want you pretty to bad. That pretty bad. Because I don't want you to start. You know, we had this discussion before we came on as well. I text you and I said, I don't want you to be lying. Because I think it's well known now <laughs> that what the score was. So I'd just like you to tell. The thing is, everyone. the thing is, listen, the first thing about snooker is, is that, uh, you know, Suits, Suits needed a few friends when he were on the file course. He needed someone to look <laughs> after him. So I looked after him when he were there. Uh, you know, we've got to give a shout out to Q's uh, Snooker Club in Blackpool. Yeah, Q's. What, what a, a great facility they've got there. Absolutely um, fantastic. We'd love to be back one day. Uh, but yeah, the score keeps changing. We used to play a couple of times a week, uh, probably after the probably after the turn of the, the new year last year until lockdown. And the, the thing is why the team were playing so well is because the, the spirit of the players was, was so high, especially in suits, because, it, you know, I, I let him win a few frames of snooker and the score's irrelevant, really. The score takes no, it was, no, it's not um, available. But yeah, I, listen, he's, it helps. It does help when your arms and your legs are as long as the snooker table. I think um, that the problem, your problem was you went up to one in frames the first night. And you thought this is going to be a piece of piss. Hey, I, went, I didn't I, sleep for about two days. But, I was buzzing, mate. But genuinely, I went on to win the next nine frames in a row. And that's not <laughs> even lies. And that's not even lies. <laughs> oh, I went on to win the next nine frames in a row. No. And that's the no. truth of it. No. And I think it finished up 12-3, maybe 12-4. I'll give you 12-4. But if I were you, I wouldn't show your face in cues again because it'd laugh you straight <laughs> out. It's a great place, though. One of the best. Oh, fantastic. Was there anything else you played? It was, it was good, wasn't it? All the off-field stuff. We had a good crack and that you could tell that the lads, we had a bit of a snooker club with, uh, I know we mentioned Coyley and, and probably another lad that you Coyley. mentioned. Bigo as well, Harrison Biggins. Great lad. Bigo, Bigo, Coyley. Even like just going around to the and playing darts, you know, if it was if it was either golf, snooker or darts. Yeah. Um, few other things. Coyley. Coyley did. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, but just good times, man. Good, good times. Um, like I said, yeah, it was I mean, always just together. Must have helped. Must have helped. I mean, obviously the results were that were there to see, and you can, you know, the the the, the camaraderie off it must have really helped. Definitely bring it all together. Hundred percent, because I'm sure the gaffer, you know, said that if you're in the trenches, you know, you're looking alongside you, and you're wanting people that you. You know, you're liking that right next to you. You know, you'd do anything from you. You know, you do a fifty-fifty tackle from. So what? Um, and I think it was just that that team spirit that we had. I think you know a lot of the lads live local, um, so there was always you know something to do. Whether even like golf days and stuff, we used to get like ten, eleven of us playing on a Wednesday, Wednesday night, uh, Tuesday night golf um, down at Lytham. Uh, or even, you know, Blackpool. 
you know, there was always there was always just a good group of group of guys wanting to do something. I think that definitely showed um, you know, on a Saturday. Talking about golf there, what's your your handicap? Is it uh decent or Depends who I depends who I was playing. Um, Changes every time play, he plays. It's a disgrace. <laughs> if I was playing Coily uh, or Kutsi, it would be eighteen twenty. Um, if I was playing someone like Duffy, who's not really that great, um, thinks he has got a lot of the clubs in that, but doesn't really do much. Um, be a lot lower just to give him a little bit of a chance. Um, <laughs> but he tries at least. He tries. Mm. He needs to find a sport that he's going to beat me at yet. Because so far. There's been darts, snooker, golf. Yeah, um, we're, we're running out of time, really, aren't we, to find yeah. a sport? Find a sport for you, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you'll be all right. Yeah, you'll be all right. Maybe what's... Uh, they don't have any, like, well, Australian sports. Aussie rules. Aussie rules. Aussie rules. It's not like That's a 1v1 it. thing, though, is it, really? No, can't really see either. I've watched I think I'd probably back myself on the, the little sprint, though, 20 yards. I reckon I could probably do it over 20 Nah, I'm not having that. <laughs> I'm not even going to get into that. I'm not even going to Anyway, enough about that. Um, talk, move on to Stoke now, Sue. It's obviously, we touched a lot about Fleetwood there. And um, obviously, now in your first season, really, I know you've been there for, officially been yeah. there for probably four years now, but this, this is probably what you'd also consider as your first proper season at Stoke. Mm-hmm. You came back in pre-season, um, relatively new manager, um, you know, you kind of broke into the side at the start of the year. The, the obvious one, really. How are you finding it all? Because I imagine it's still quite a lot to take in, playing for a big club in the Championship, playing against big cl- other big clubs. You know, how, how's it been? No, I'm absolutely loving it. Um, I think, like you know, I've worked, I've worked really hard to to get back and 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 play for Stoke at the end of the day. You know, I've been on free loans for you know two and a half years. You could almost say, you know, I've spent probably more time on loan than I have. You know, in the building at Stoke, so that was always my intention to to play for Stoke. Um, you know, I definitely think that I needed the loans that I that I did to to come back and you know challenge for a first team place. Um, but you know, at the start of the season, I knew that we <clears throat> had a lot of a lot of first team players, a lot of centre halves, um, and you know, I was I was honest with the gaffer. There was. Um, there was talk of maybe going on loan of that again, um, you know, back to Fleetwood. Or... So it was, it was just kind of one of them. And I think the guy had an honest chat, saying, "Listen, this, I think this is your, this is your time. You know, you just stay here and fight for your place and, and break through, or you know, you move on." So, you know, I had to be a little bit patient, um, not starting the first couple of league games, um, playing the cup games. But I think playing the cup games. Um, you know, kind of showed the gaffer that, you know, not just me, you know, a couple of young lads as well, that we that we were ready to make the step up. Um, and, you know, apart from the apart from the four games where I was obviously self-isolating during COVID, um, I've, I've played every game and managed to managed to keep my spot. So hopefully Touchwood, I can I can do that, um, you know, as, as long as I can for the team. Um, and hopefully we can start picking up picking up good results and, and keeping in touch in their playoff positions. You, you talked there, obviously, about the manager, uh, Michael O'Neill, and you played under various managers, um, are you saying, your short time in, in football. But what's it like working uh, with Michael O'Neill? Is he just giving you that bit more confidence, boost to to say, yes, you, you can play at this level and maybe even higher? 
I think that's exactly it. Um, you know, I had a I think after my my first couple of um, the first couple of cup games, I think after my first couple of league games, you know, I sat down with them and just kind of went over a few of the things that I've done in the games and stuff, and just give me the belief that I can play in the team um, and what he wants from me in this, you know, certain systems that we play. Um, and for me, it was just getting him to trust me that, you know, he could pick me um, and his team uh, and trust that I can play the way he wants, wants you know, his, his defender centre half to play. Um, but, you know, there's, it's, it's a good squad, you know, it's an experienced squad that we've got um, mixed with a lot of young lads as well. Um and we're, you know, obviously we brought in a couple, couple of new lads as well this January, and I think it's just you know trying to, trying to you know integrate everyone together. Um, you know, the more times we, you know, play together, um, you know, the better, the better. Hopefully, we're going to get. So hopefully, come the end of the season, we're we're up there. And it's quite a young squad as well, which if you can get these players on kind of longer contracts, the, the, the journey that you can go on, it's it's endless really because you can all develop together and, and hopefully get back to the Premier League where I think Stoke deserve to be. Well, that's what I was I was actually saying to, to the goalie, um, Joe Bursick, great guy. Um, he, you know, he's kind of been on the, the same you know journey as me, as you want to call it. He was um, came in, I think, the same summer as me. Um, obviously, when I went to Ross County, I think he went to you know a Conference North team, um, and then when I went to you know Fleetwood, he went to to Aki, and then obviously he was at Doncaster as well on loan, and we kind of both came back this season, and we've both been um, you know put into the team and both you know done reasonably well. So you know I've played with him a number of times in twenty threes, and obviously now we're playing the first team together. That's good. You know, like likewise we're. Uh, you know Nathan Collins, obviously Tyrese before he got injured. You know Josh is in there as Josh Timmons in there as well. So all of us kind of you know came through together, and um, obviously it's nice to see, nice to see us up in the in the first team. You know, um, you know pulling on that strip together as well. We had a question from uh, a Stoke fan on Twitter. So it's uh, Ollie's uh, is called. Um, how key are the older, more experienced players in the Stoke squad, you know, such as uh, Ryan Shawcross, James Chester being in your development? Obviously, imagine when you were at Stoke, when you signed, uh, probably probably Ryan was probably captain starting in the Premier League. These guys must have been lads that you looked up to at the time. You know, how have they been, you know, uh, helping you certainly this season since you've been back? Yeah, no, I think, you know, when I, when I did first... Come to the club, Ryan was obviously he still is club captain now, but he was obviously club captain back then. You know, playing week in, week out in the prem. Um, and like when you, when I moved when I was seventeen, and you know, in my first training session, obviously you don't actually realise how good you know a player like Ryan is. Um, on the ball, so underrated. Um, very very good in the ball. Um, and like a very very good defender. Um, and he's a leader. You know, he's been at the club, I think, 11, 11 12 years, maybe it is um, mm. now. So, you know, he's obviously massively respected um, throughout the club, um, you know, in the club as well. And, you know, he's been he's been big for me. Um, you know, I was on loan. He, um, obviously, I'd come back and he's, he's been great during training. Um, and just little bits of advice I can, I can ask him. And I think it was the, f- the first time we played together um, in a proper game, not just obviously preseason friendlies, but against Leicester. And although we, although we did get beat, 
Yeah, it was nice to finally play alongside him. Part of your success, obviously, at Stoke, but more so when you're out on loan as well, has, has become this uh, international recognition now of Australia. I know, um, having spoke with you before, um, some time ago now, and there was obviously a lot made of of, of you going from, uh, you know, making that decision to not play for Scotland, play for Australia instead. Uh, a lot being said about that, but you, you must be really, really happy with how the situation's gone with Australia. You know, you, again, like throughout your career, a lot of people now will probably see you as, okay, playing for Stoke, playing for Australia. But there's a lot of work that's gone on before that. I remember when you got the call for the 23 squad, um, you know, going out, uh, I mean, literally into the middle of nowhere and playing these games and, and then building your way up. Um, just tell us, how how did that initial call from Australia come about? And what, obviously, what's the link with you and your family being able to play for Australia? I think, well, you both know, obviously, my mum's mum was born in Australia. Um, and it was, you know, obviously, Scotland never get into, you know, a World Cup when I was younger. You know, Australia would every year and it would be the team that, that, um, that I'd support watching every World Cup. Um, and I think it was it was one conversation with, with uh, obviously Ryan McGowan actually um, was at Dun United, who, you know, used to play for Hearts. Dun United obviously played at the World Cup in Australia, for Australia as well. And he was at United at the time and I was kind of still on the youth team. Um, obviously he knew that me and John's mum were, was Australian. Um, kind of just got talking a little bit and I think he maybe passed on my number and obviously Feds yeah, Adam Federici who was the goalie at Stoke um, I think maybe the probably just before I came on loan to, to Fleetwood the first time actually maybe October November time um, you know got speaking to him and it was just a conversation just a normal conversation we were having um, and then obviously he's he's went back to to them and obviously I got a few phone calls from Rennie um, who's the assistant coach of the first team um, and obviously the, the boss Arnie as well who obviously they do they both do the 23s as well so you know, there's a good link there between the between the 23s and the first team you know makes the transition a little easier as well when you know all the backroom staff you know the physios and the, the medical staff and, and all the coaches and stuff so um, and that was my first my first call up was for the 23s in the qualifying, the, the Asia Cup um, and the Olympics. So I think it was before the before the Aki Stanley game, you know, I got the call saying if, it was, if I'd like to go away. And it was kind of no second thought. I, I said, yeah, I'd absolutely love to. Um, and it's kind of just, you know, a snowball effect from there. Obviously, I'm not, we didn't play, obviously, last year because of because of the COVID situation and stuff. But, you know, hopefully this year is a big year for the country. We've got, you know, the Copa America and the Olympics. Touchwood, hopefully they both go on, go ahead. Um, and I'm selected. And, uh, yeah, that'll just be, a, be an unbelievable experience. That. How often do they stay in contact with you? Obviously, the, the big thing about Australia is obviously it's miles away. And uh, <laughs> the kickoff. Obviously, the kickoff times. Uh, I imagine when Stoke play or when Fleetwood played. Uh, obviously, it's difficult for them guys to watch you play. How how often were you know was the manager and, and obviously they mentioned Rennie Mullen there. I think he's based over in Europe. I think you said didn't he? So yeah, I, I imagine he's more hands on in terms of being in touch with how you play and, and when <laughs> the games are. And stuff. Yeah, well, um, I've met Rennie a couple of times actually when I was at, at Fleetwood in the 
the Hive Cafe in Blackpool. Um, lovely place. A lot of shout outs on this podcast today, Have you ever been no, to the Hive? No. Sam, have you? No, I've never been there. In Blackpool, no. little cafe. I don't know what it is. Unbelievable. I'll little check it out. croissant. The only oh. place you took me in Blackpool was Nando's. That was about as luxury as it got. It was the cheapest, wasn't it? And I think I paid. <laughs> I think I paid. <laughs> it's the cheapest. Yeah, he lost a snooker every night. That's why. <laughs> um, yeah, so he kind of, then he kind of does the, you know, he's based in Europe, so he kind of does the European. But, you know, they do stay in touch. Um, he watches, you know, the occasional game, you know, when he can. Um, and we're always kind of, we're always kind of in contact. You know, I work with a psychologist, Mike, who I'm kind of on the phone to, you know, once once a month at least. Um to speak to him about you know football and just everyday life. He's been massive for me, and I met him the first time I was in um, my first call up in South Korea. Uh, I didn't play, but you know it was a good experience. That was my first call up with the first team. Met him there, had a little chat, and then since then he's been he's been really big for my for my game and uh, on the park and off the park as well. Talking about on the park international level, he must be the most prolific defender. In international football, two caps, four goals. I'm just buzzing that we've not played, so that record's that record's gone <laughs> as long as possible. That <laughs> um, no, was uh, obviously it was uh, brilliant to make my debut um, and to see how proud my mum was and stuff. And I wasn't really thinking of, of scoring. Um, and then obviously when I got the, I went out for the first corner. Um, I think Jackson Urban hit the post or something. And then I kind of thought to myself, right. I've got scored here. There's a lot. Of, there's gonna be a lot of chances here to score, um, and thankfully I got one. And in the second one, a lot of people have said it's an own goal, but it was on target, so I'm claiming it. Me included. It. Me included. Yeah. <laughs> so on target, so I'm claiming it. And then yeah. obviously the game, um, the second game was kind of the same. Obviously I didn't score till late on, but it was, it was good again to get a couple of goals. And um, more disappointed that we we didn't keep a clean sheet in the second one. Um, it was a sloppy kind of goal to give away, but you know it was two wins and a couple of goals for myself. It was just kind of you know one of the best weeks I've I've ever had. What what was it like just just scoring like scoring on on your debut? Because I guess for for many people it's it's one of the best feelings. And for someone your height, and I know you get it everywhere you go, fans always six foot six, six foot seven. He should score in every corner. But but what was that moment like for you? I think you could see. And my after my my first goal, I didn't really know what to do. To be honest with you, um, and before I could do anything, uh, Jay McLaren and, and and Jacko were jumping all, on me. So I was just kind of just, just really really buzzing. To be honest with you, um, and then obviously the second goal was probably the worst own goal you've ever seen. So I didn't really want to kind of celebrate because I don't think it deserved the celebration. Um, but no, I was just excited to get to get the first one. Um, and obviously, to my kind of mind was on just trying to play well. Obviously, it was my, my first time in Australia, my first time, you know, probably 99% of the, probably 100% actually, of the Australian fans have seen me play. So I just try to give a good account of myself. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, I did that. It's an exciting time for Australian, um, the national team. You can, you can see that I know the COVID's affected a lot of the result, uh, a lot of the games coming up, but. You know, the Copper America coming up, the Olympics, the World Cup, you know, the next kind of 18 months, two years are a really exciting time, aren't they? And, and I know looking at this summer with the Copper America mm-hmm. initially, seeing the group that's been drawn, I mean, 
you know, I'm sure them training sessions with Paddy Madden are probably going to sharpen you up when you, <laughs> oh, you take absolutely. on the other mess. You, know, you know, you can you can throw the you throw the Asian Cup into that as well in 2023. Yeah, so you could, yeah. yeah. You've kind of got like four major tournaments in in two years. I mean, Touchwood. Hopefully, I'm I'm still fit and I'm still healthy and I'm still available for selection. Um, but yeah, like I said, Paddy and then five or side boxes. Um, you won't find a better finisher probably on the British Isles. Um, in them situations and, and Paddy um, what a guy Paddy is to be fair as well he, can, he was one of the one of the first lads when I came into came into Fleetwood that, that spoke to me uh, took Coily about four months to say hi to me actually um, <laughs> he was a tough shell to crack um, but no Paddy was one of the first first guys to come over you know introduce himself um, get a game of darts as well he offered me a game of darts on his first day uh, no word of a lie as well he um, hit a one eighty, and the first the first game we played hit a one eighty. Um, he was just, like because obviously we played from three or one, so he was jumping around the room, buzzing. You know, everyone was like, like clapping and that. And I think I had, I think I had an eighty two finish. Checked it out, then I put him in his place. The thing is, here, you could tell us anything. There's no proof. Could, there's no one else here. There's no one here. There's no one here. Uh, can, ask Paddy. Ask Paddy about that. Cause you'll remember that. Ask Paddy about that. You I remember going. That. I remember going to darts at the match play at Winter Gardens. That was a good day, wasn't it? It was actually. Yeah. Well, apart from my performance on the stage beforehand, <laughs> yeah, crumbled. <laughs> Absolutely shit myself. Yeah, that was bad. We so, might have to get uh, Glenn Durham, by the way, who played that day. He's doing really well. Now. He is. When I've still, I followed him on Twitter, but he followed me back. Um, like oh. after, like literally half an hour after we did that, I followed him on Twitter. Paid me, but no, I watched all the time. He's obviously the darts just passed it as well. Um, yeah, but Kutsi was unbelievable at that, wasn't he? I, I think, I think he actually, I think he, Kutsi was off three hundred one, and he was off five hundred one. Was Kutsi beat I him? Yeah, Kutsi, I think Kutsi beat him. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, we used to play the Premier League in the change room, obviously ten in each group, and Kutsi just used to piss it. Really, yeah, he was unbelievable. He was someone know that he's someone because I've he is another one for the snooker club as well because he got involved towards the end. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Football, unbelievable at golf, unbelievable at darts, unbelievable at snooker. Do you know what I mean? He's just one of these guys that any sport that he picks up, he's just got, he's like very, very, very good at it. Yeah. Just comes natural to him. Top man. And he's from obviously Aberdeen as well. And he was my. Um, you boys together, we, don't Yeah, he was my, uh, he was my roommate obviously last season. He used to bring me, used to bring the fire stick. On the Friday night, get the fire stick in the back of the TV on the way hotels, get a little film on. He'd bring some cookies in that, get the hot chocolates going. We'd have uh, a little cosy night. Great guy, great guy. <laughs> yeah, top guy, top guy. I think to uh, I think to finish with soups because we've we've rattled through quite a lot there. We've got some um, we've got some quick <clears throat> fire questions from uh, some supporters we've got on Twitter. What one word answers or just no, fire? no, just not as not as details of what we've already done before. Um, sorry. Tell me that half an hour ago then. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry. Uh, <laughs> first one, um, I think it's Kent who sent this one in. Um, what do you think about VAR? Now, I don't know if you played with it in the cup this season. Do you fancy no. it in the championship? Nah, we've never played with it. Um, I like goal line technology, but um, I think VAR's all right. Yeah, I, I quite like it. If you're offside, you're offside. Do you know what I mean? Doesn't matter if, it, if it's an inch or if it's two yards. You're offside. You're offside. 
Simple as that. Fair enough. Uh, next question from Stephen on Twitter. Slightly different kettle of fish here, but do you like chicken nuggets? Stephen Lee, my old uh, <laughs> old uh, Dungeon under 17 coach and another 20 coach. Yeah, he's, he knows my favourite food. It's probably why my body fat was so high when I was younger. <laughs> what a guy as well, Steph. Chicken nuggets. Um, Adam says, and this is quite a generic one, really. We might have touched on it already. Uh, best moment of your career so far. Probably making apart my... from apart from meeting us. But I've been you at Snicker. Uh, probably making my debut and scoring for Australia. I've been yeah, that'd be the highlight. Yeah, we've got one from here. Curtis has uh, left a comment on the uh, thread we put on. He said, "What's your go-to uh, meal deal? And have you ever tried oat cake yet?" There's a few fans who got the oat cake commenting, and I'm not too sure what the reason is. You might be able to enlighten us here. I know it's a Stoke thing and I'm probably going to get slaughtered for not knowing what it is but it's, it's like a egg based thing I think it looks like a crepe but it's not a crepe but you can have anything in it and I've not actually I've not actually tried one which is poor I know I'm going to get slaughtered for it as soon as, I've, as, soon as this comes out um, but I will try one um, it doesn't sound, sound very nice they smell nice because they have them at training in the mornings if we, like if we played Saturday and we're in Sunday morning the chef makes them like with cheese and a bit of ham and that in them. They smell nice, but I, I always have my wheat bits and toast. Never change. And a, and a cup of coffee. Um, meal deal. Probably a bit of chicken tikka sandwich. Ooh, good choice. Yeah, I'm going to go... Where are you getting your meal deals from? Let's go. <laughs> they from. Do not do serve not that there. Do not serve that. sandwiches. Yeah. Nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> Orange Lucasade. Standard. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go... Crisps, Ooh. yeah. I'm gonna go crisps. I'm probably gonna go some monster munch crisps, pickled onion or flaming hot, or nah, flaming hot, flaming hot, flaming hot all day. They're, they're for me, are like elite level crisps, yeah. Flaming hot, monster, no, monster munch. What's the purple packet? Is that the pickled onion ones? Mm-hmm. No word of a lie, they are. I could eat about six packets in a row, true, they're unbelievable. I'll join you with that. <laughs> yeah, that's that. There we go. Uh, Zen on Twitter. Uh, do you watch much A League football? And um, do you have a team to follow or anything like that? Do you, do you try and keep your eye on what's going on in the A League? Well, since I was with the 23s, I'll, I know a lot of the lads play out there. Um, and obviously, they are now starting to play for the play for the first teams. I know like the games are on it. Three, four in the morning over here, so I can never watch the games. But I follow it all on Twitter, see like all the highlights, all the goals and stuff. Um, and my uh, obviously when my sister lived out there. She she stayed in um, in Perth, um, so I've got a couple of Perth Perth uh, scarves and that that she brought over when she came back. So yeah, I'd probably say Perth. You think you could ever envisage yourself? I know it's a you know careers are you've got fifteen years left in your career. Never say never. But would you ever like to try and play down there? Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. Um, I've always wanted to go stay. Um, would you call Australia abroad and America abroad? Would you call that abroad, yeah. or would you? Not you get, I tell you abroad? what, one thing about football is, you know, most of them are good lads, but they're not blessed with. You've been no, heading the ball don't too put, much. Don't put me in that. Don't put me in that bracket. Is Australia you know abroad? Well, we'll have you know to. What I mean? We no, asked all the I mean, questions no. here. You know what I mean? Podcast, a lot, like a lot of lads, like when they say I want to go play abroad, they mean like. Europe, do you know what I mean? 
I'd say any any country away from England, if you're here or UK, should we say? I'd class it as a bro. Right. So just yeah. being myself. Like, so do you think? Do you think when we'll you moved down from Scotland, I'm going to play abroad. I'm going to play abroad. Where are you moving to? So, all <laughs> right, else? nice one. That'd be nice. Most it's people say I'm the going to Tenerife, or whatever. You know, I'm going to Stoke. Yeah. <laughs> Tenerife, where's that? Where's it? Nah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, question here, kind of maybe to finish off with two uh, Fleetwood-related questions here. So many Fleetwood fans uh, getting involved, which is uh, fantastic, really. But Jack Harding uh, says, what do you miss the most about Fleetwood, whether it's the town, the, the team, us? Completely up to you. Probably a few things. Probably the changing room. And then, just like the like I said, we've obviously been over it before, just like the lads and what we used to just get up to. Yeah, straightforward as that. The cafes and that. The chipotle sausages and uh, oh, the Deacon. There's another main drop. Was a, what a place! Best know. restaurant on the, on the final course. That <laughs> wow. uh, straight out. Big shout. One question here as well. I'll finish off um, this one. Uh, Jordan uh, Taylor. Um, it says, would you, when you're back up and pubs are open after COVID, hopefully, uh, would you go for a pint with him in the King's Pub in Fleetwood? See him tweeting every, every new thing, <laughs> would you like to go for a pint? Is, where about is King's in Fleetwood? I'm going to be honest, I'm actually not too sure, but I'd just say in the middle of Fleetwood. I, I think is it's it close to the ground, to be fair. I've been for a chippy in Fleetwood once after we played the golf there. Um, Come on, you're on the spot now. Jordan's saying you're going to go for a pint with him. All these new signings keep yeah, saying... I'm- no, I'm, I'm sure he'll pay. I'm sure he'll pay for the pint as after, well. After COVID, I'll go for a pint with George, yeah. What a top guy. There we go. Podcast exclusive. There you go, Jordan. Big Suits can go for a pint with you. Well, Suits, uh, pleasure having you on, mate. Thanks for uh, your time. Loads of interesting stuff there. Um, keep going with Stoke in Australia. You're doing great. Don't I'll work on my snooker and my golfer when we meet up next yeah, time. Please but do. Please thanks do. for your time. Great no, to have you great, on. Great, guys. Thanks very much. And all the best Yeah. the new venture. Yeah, Cheers, you too. To be on. Cheers, too, mate. Stop, man. See you in a bit, guys.